Welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. Uh, this one has been long overdue. We actually recorded this one this past summer when we went up to the Twin Cities. Uh, we're going around with Eric Tuhey, who is pretty much done with medical school now, but uh, one of our ambassadors, and we got into talking with Dr. Josh McLean, who is a DPT, uh, former wrestler, still does some wrestling, also the owner of Ninja Anywhere, which are in the Twin Cities area. Highly recommend you check that out. Um, it's a traveling ninja course. Uh, it's pretty cool and really impressive. But anyway, we got talking to him just about more physical medicine and the different things that can be done uh, when it comes to injury and movement and what's good and what's not good and all of that in quotes because we're not always sure what it is and sometimes we can push ourselves a lot harder than we think um, especially on the way back and just looking at the different options of that and Josh gets into that quite a bit and just kind of challenging a little bit of the traditional medical model of rest and the different things that are required so really interesting episode we get into the weeds on a bunch of stuff but um, one worth just considering and taking a listen to so with that please enjoy this episode and we'll catch you next week There's no real agenda too much with this. Just kind of have a conversation, and I, uh, you know, brought you up to jokes. Thought you'd be a pretty interesting person to talk to, him. and like you just have like a pretty cool outlook on just business and um, health and wellness and everything all together. So that'd be just kind of cool to get it on. Yeah, absolutely. On recording. Sounds good. I'll just let you do this one. You've, you've had enough of it, <laughs> so. All right, well, um, I'm here with Clinically Press Podcast here. Uh, my name is Eric Tui. I'm with Joel, and uh, our guest today is Josh McLean. Uh, Josh McLean's a physical therapist, uh, uh, runs his own company called Body Rejuvenation, also has other um, business, I think it's called Ninja Anywhere as well. Uh, I first met Josh, uh, I don't know, I guess when we first met couple years ago but kind of had the common connection of UW lacrosse and have just been uh, had a real fun time just kind of picking his brain on different things throughout the years and kind of following the content he puts out so I thought he'd be a pretty cool person to talk to here and I'll let him kind of get maybe give a little better backstory on himself here yeah thank you guys for uh, allowing me the opportunity to come on here and talk a little bit about what I do what I'm passionate about and kind of how we're we're trying to change the way healthcare is defined a little bit with working with some elite level athletes and some of the next level generations. Uh, just to paint the picture a little bit more, so knowing that we are on an audio cast, uh, the typical doctor is not what I am. And when you look <laughs> at me right now, I'm not in a white coat, I don't have a stethoscope on, you know, I'm sitting here in a t-shirt with a pair of uh, athletic shorts on and a pair of Crocs. You know, some people call me the Croc doc and it's just the lifestyle that I live and it's different. It's not really the clinical setting. It's more of a, a hole in the wall and we, we deal with some very high level people that are not only dealing with the most chronic pain in the world and are uh, completely disabled at 40, 45 years old. 
um, but also those athletes that are up and coming and are winning world titles and Olympic championships, all these different uh, various people come through the door for the services that we provide. So it's just kind of fun to be in that environment and kind of be chasing dreams and creating something that I've always been really passionate about, and that's just helping people be healthier and happier. Um, so I went to UW Lacrosse, and that's where I ended up meeting Eric. Uh, and we were both involved with the wrestling program there at some level extent or we knew wrestlers very well and I got very passionate about movement and exercise science. I went through my four-year undergrad degree in exercise science with a minor in nutrition and then an emphasis in psychology and I just loved learning about how people moved and why people wanted to move and how to kind of properly do that. I, growing up, I uh, was a three-sport athlete, captain of multiple teams, and I ended up getting injured. And like most people that go into physical therapy, at some level they had an injury, and then they get passionate about physical therapy. And uh, my story was a little bit different with the physical therapist I went to. He wasn't even really concerned about my ACL. I thought my life was over because I was out of all my sports for a year. And he just kept saying, how are your grades? How are your grades? How are your grades? I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, I want to get back to the field, you know? Like, I don't care about the grades. I care about my performance. And uh, he really drove it home, and my parents kept driving it home, too. And he's like, you aren't going to graduate PT until your grades are up. You aren't going to graduate PT until your grades are up. And I'm like, dude, I want to get cleared. Like, get me back. And uh, then he just started just kind of opening my eyes to the bigger picture. And it was a small little movement, and it started to change my life a little bit. I'm like, hey, maybe I do need to do that, you know? Maybe if I do want to help these people, or if I do want to learn about that, I actually have to change the way I'm approaching this and not just be that jock athlete that uh, is going to college for athletics. Um, and that really opened up the doors in uh, college when I ended up getting hurt again. And I'm like, hey, maybe this isn't the route, you know? Maybe I actually do have to focus on my grades. And that's why I started spending a lot more time uh, really emphasizing the book work and taking care of my classwork and graduating uh, a little bit higher up in the class than I definitely would have if I stayed heavily involved in my sports and tried to be the best athlete in the world. Um, can you do both? Absolutely. Did I focus my time in a little bit different direction and start learning different uh, skills and tasks that brought me where I am today? Absolutely. You know, so I look at all of it and just say it's, it's all kind of led me in the direction that I wanted to go and everything from the outdoor adventure, being involved with that education program there at UW Lacrosse and guiding trips and teaching team building activities and doing all this outdoor guiding, um, which had nothing to do with my major or where I wanted to go professionally, but I learned how to communicate and do all these different things that I now integrate with a couple of the different business models that we have. Um, and then graduating there in 2013 with my undergrad degree, I got accepted into the doctorate program for physical therapy at UW Lacrosse as well. And the next three years of my life significantly changed from there. You know, not only the education aspect of it, but meeting some awesome mentors that really opened up my mind to how do you how do you go about making an impact in the world? And uh, that's something I was very unclear on until you know a couple of years later when I actually thought maybe this is possible and maybe maybe there is something that I can do to make a small impact or a large impact. And we're still trying to figure out that impact model. So. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's kind <laughs> you of money. Everybody actually. else, <laughs> right, right. So when you find it, write about it and then sell it off. Yeah, exactly. There, there right. you go. Yeah. So after you graduated, did you go traditional like, and by traditional like PT, I mean into the hospital setting, or did you start what you're doing now? Yeah. So right off the bat. Where that journey really started for me was my second year in PT school. I uh, went to the National Physical Therapy Conference, 
with some classmates. And I listened to this guy, Steve Young, who owns a uh, private practice out in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And he was talking about business and about this model that he had implemented and just the different domains that he covered about health. And it wasn't just physical therapy. It was nutrition. It was sleep. It was stress. It was how do you make this through personal training and how do you implement all these different models into uh, one successful practice? And I was like, wow, that was really interesting. It was just something about the way he talked and the way his brain was working and the impact that he saw uh, envisioned that really attracted me to him and I was listening to a webcast of his and he said he was doing some business coaching with these very successful business owners out in California and they were going to have this conference and he had one spot available and obviously it was a sales tactic right like one spot there's never one spot available. there's always more um, but then the price I, is right exactly the price is right so then I reached out to him and said hey I'm a second year student can I come out there and he's like uh, do you own a business and I said no absolutely not and he said, do you want to? I said, no, absolutely not. Like, I just want to come out and hang out with you because I think you're a very interesting guy. And he's like, well, I've never had that question posed to me. He's like, do you have the money to come out here? I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know, so then I ended up pulling out another student loan because that's what they're for is buying plane tickets and going to California. So I, I flew out there and within 15 minutes of meeting this guy, he, he posed me with one of the biggest questions of my life. And he said, how are you going to impact the world? And at that level of my education and my, me being a student, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is crazy. And he said, well, he said, if you don't think you can do it, he said, why are you here? Like, why, why did you invest this if you don't think you can make an impact? And I said, I just want to learn a little bit more about business and what that looks like. Um, and by the end of the weekend, he truly had me convinced that I could make an impact in the world. And it was all the little things, you know. And just to put it in perspective, he said, what do you do every day that other people need to do? And eventually I got to I exercise, right? Like everybody in the world should be exercising. He's like, how many people actually know how to exercise like you do? And I said, probably not very many, you know, and I just took that for granted. So he's like, well, what if you just recorded that video every day and put it online and just said free? He's like, how many people would start watching it? I have no idea. You know, that'd be a, that'd be a good question. And maybe a fifth grade science fair project. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so then he just kept kind of showing me that I could do this or I could do that or you know the skills that I had actually were set up uh, to be a little bit larger in nature than just what I thought as a student and by the end of the weekend all these business owners were discussing you know how do they build team cohesion within their companies how do they get their team on the same culture and then I, I thought it was simple because of some of the outdoor pursuit stuff I did. I'm like, well, here's the seven stages of team building. Like, here's where we start. Mm -hmm. Here's the name games. And here's the problem solving. And here's how we build trust. And he's like, wow, like that is so valuable. Like, everyone wants that. So by the end of the weekend, we started up a little business. And then he had me booking out. And we were going places and checking out different uh, group dynamic things that we could do within the clinic for all these team building activities. And then at, at that moment I realized, you know, I do have skills that people are seeking and what does that look like? Um, but the bigger question goes back to that, how are you going to make an impact? And when I uh, had my third year on the clinical rotations, I started learning that it's more than just physical therapy and everything that we are doing uh, from a physical therapy standpoint is great, but we're missing a lot of the puzzle. And a lot of that puzzle came down to education for one. Um, people just never understood what pain was, how they got it, you know, what they should do about it, how long is it going to take. Um, and those are a lot of answers that healthcare professionals don't know, and we don't know how to educate on that. So I really got passionate about that and trying to learn about chronic pain and about pain in general and how the brain works and how it processes it. 
And uh, I know one of the biggest things is just trying to then create stories and examples that are very personable uh, that people can understand because that's one of the number one things I see in healthcare is people get scared by the medical terminology and it's, it's so much and it's overwhelming. Um, so now how do we create it to uh, examples that really they can, they can put into their life and take, take personally. Um, and then the other part is the nutrition, the sleep, the stress, the sex, the behavior patterns that people are interacting with, like all of that comes in together to create one personal picture that is completely different than the other total knee that you're going to see, that's completely different than the other uh, low back pain that you're going to see. And we never know what that story is until we learn to ask about it, until we learn to dive into it. And during that clinical experience, so many people said, you can't do that. You can't talk about that. You cannot look into that. You cannot talk to somebody about sex when they have knee pain. But if they aren't happy with any other part of their life, the knee pain is the least of their worries. And they aren't going to move and they aren't going to eat right, all because of something with their relationship or about another, another domain or another facet that they're concerned about that is more uh, limiting than their, their current knee pain or their back pain. And I kept getting told I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this, and it really just started to frustrate me. And one of my other mentors said, just say yes sir and no ma'am and get through it. And then start doing what you want, you know, practice how you want to and create your model. So I ended up taking that to heart and going with it. And then right out of school, I was kind of going back and forth with the residency program and, you know, I had, I had life happen and I ended up... Uh, getting accepted into a residency program down in Georgia, but then uh, some relationship stuff fell through and I didn't want to go to Georgia anymore. And then these amazing people up here at uh, Pinnacle Wrestling School in Minnesota allowed me the opportunity to come up and work with some of the best athletes in the world. And that was one of those things that, for me, it seemed ridiculous to turn down. You know, the only thing that concerned me, like just about every new grad or every young professional, is a paycheck, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, when you're leaving PT school, you can be kind of guaranteed that sixty-five dollars to $75,000 range, depending upon where you want to practice, if not more. And I was walking out guaranteed zero dollars, you know, and wanting to chase dreams. And the way I looked at it was just worst case scenario, I end up working at another hospital or I go get another job. But if I don't take the shot, who's going to? Um, so for me, that's kind of where it started. And I opened up the private practice doors in May of 2016, actually June of 2016, uh, doing some fitness stuff. And then slowly it was like, oh, I got a client, you know, and then it was, oh, I got two clients this week. And now it's just kind of evolved and people are talking about it rapidly. And, you know, we're getting to the point that we're looking to truly start growing this and kind of creating a model that's a little bit more impactful in nature than just a little hole in the wall. So that's, that's kind of where we sit now. But a long answer to your question. No, it's perfect. Um, took the took the chance on a private practice and opened it uh, in conjunction with a very elite wrestling academy up here in Minnesota. Cash base, just out of key, or do yep. you do insurance? Or? Uh, I do not deal anything with insurance okay. companies. And my, my favorite line is just telling the people that I fired the insurance companies. <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. Because, I like that. Um, so many people. The first question they have is, hey, "Do you take insurance?" I'm like, "No, I'm sick of dealing with them. Actually, I got rid of them." You know, I'm, I've fired them. I just don't like the way that they practice. I don't like the way that it uh, dictates how I how I help right. them get better. Um, and a lot of them won't cover a lot of the things that we discuss. You know, the the nutrition or the mindset stuff, the the stress relief. How do we actually incorporate that? There's no billing codes I have in PT for that. You know, I'm not going to try to build that, but I'm also not going to uh, undervalue the services that we deliver. Right. You know. Um, and the biggest thing I've found for most people that go into this field and they're so concerned about insurance and insurance and insurance 
it really comes down to education. And when I educate the people about how we can help them and how this is the best investment for them, they have no problem pulling out the checkbook. They have no problem pulling out the credit card. Um, and instead of buying a $150 pair of shoes, they come in and invest in themselves, right? right. But without the education piece, it's, it's a battle that we will continue to fight if we just go uh, out of network and don't educate the people about the insurance side. I'm really curious to see where it all ends up in 10 years. Just something's going to have to break. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's going to have to. Absolutely. And just have no idea what that's going to look like when it does. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big visionary guy, and the way I always look at it is saying someone's going to come in and disrupt it. Uh, yep. The model right now is is disruptive in nature, saying let's take all the sick people and take care of them, but that's very expensive. But all the healthy people, let's charge them the same price and make a lot of money off those people that are healthy. Um, and when somebody comes in and disrupts that system and says, hey, I want to take all the healthy people and give you really good coverage because we know that you aren't very high risk, mm-hmm. It's going to disrupt the healthcare model, right? yep. and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be envisionary of kind of where it goes. So I'm excited for that too. Should be very interesting, I'm sure. <laughs> so PT versus like chiropractic or something else because of that experience when you were growing up is that what kind of drove you to? I don't know. I know some of the PT laws in Wisconsin just where how they can practice. I have no idea what they're like in Minnesota. You've yeah, pretty free reign. Yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, definitely a couple different. I mean, when I was in school, I was observing a lot of different healthcare professionals, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing that I always saw was the time, um, and that was one of the things I like spending time with people, and I like building relationships. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, PTs get to spend a lot of time, you know, and definitely when you create your own schedule and your own practice, you can spend 45 minutes, you can spend an hour, and no one's pushing you. Um, obviously the business model that I have in place is not about the dollar sign you know I take care of all my patients and the clients and the majority of them all transfer over to fitness services because it's a lifestyle and it's a behavior now and they love it Um, so the other part for me that was really important was a lot of the exercise uh, component of it because I truly believe in movement and I've always moved my whole life and you know, I've, I've got a business card per se, which everyone says is your body's your business card, you know, where it, it shows like I love to move. And when you watch some of the Instagram stuff or some of the Facebook videos, I'm just a crazy mover uh, that just runs the town and crocs and, you know, kind of disrupts the way movement's done. Uh, so that's one thing I always loved was the exercise component. And I saw that a lot more in the physical therapy world than chiropractic okay. or any other healthcare professional. So that's, that's kind of what drug me there with, the, with that decision. So obviously you're big on the exercise and the movement. Is that in like your rehab and your PT setting or is that more fitness based or yeah. like soft tissue? Do you got like some go-tos? I'm always just curious how people yeah, kind of practice with that stuff. So the, I don't uh, see any bands or TheraBand or BOSU balls or anything in here. Yeah, so, right, right. Um, so the... The ducks I'm a little curious <laughs> The chicks over in the corner the are chick, a long yeah. story. Okay, <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> Different uh, yeah, a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, the the quick answer to that story is uh, is I like to empower the people to make decisions. Okay. Right. If I create a dependency model, that's great for my business, and I will make a lot more money. But if I teach you and educate you and show you that you can take care of your own health, 
then the, the game's over. Right Thank now, I start absolutely. making that yeah. that impact, and those people will go on to tell their friend Eric over here about his back pain, and those people will show the exercises. And guess what? Eric's back pain starts getting a little bit better. He didn't have to come see me. He didn't have to go see somebody else. It was just the exercises. Mm-hmm. They had the power to make their own improvements. Um, and what I find, and how I've always practiced and just educated, is just. Uh, teaching those people about why I do that and about the power that they now have versus me taking a dry needle and put it in and I hit the trigger point and they feel better or me cracking their back on the first session and then they think that the only reason their pain went away is because my skilled hands in quotes got put on them. Um, and now again, I'm just like everybody else, I create a dependency model. But if I can show them through movement without me touching them that they have the power to change their path and their pain and their discomfort and make improvements, they're bought in. you know. And they will forever have that power because we record the exercises on their phone, they have it right there in their pocket, they can review it any time. When it starts coming back, they know exactly what to do. If they don't, they make the phone call because we took care of them and we talked about everything else that could be leading up to it. Um, so that's that's kind of the short answer to that mm-hmm. you know I, I really try to get my hands off as much as possible give them the power if they're still having discomfort down the road and I think one of those therapeutic modalities will work the dry needling the bands the ultrasound I'll definitely do yeah. it um, but if I can delay that to the first or second visit I'm definitely gonna do that just so that the people can be empowered with with their health care I like that so. what do you got <laughs> yeah no, that's all good stuff uh, I guess I kind of wanted to into, I mean, you talked about the exercise and movement that you're big on. When did that morph into your current other project, or not other project, but your ninja anywhere? Yeah, so that because uh, yeah, I, I suppose I should say, like, obviously you can't see it, but you got kind of a little ninja gym set up uh, in your not in this room, but just over there, and then you also have a like, kind of like a mobile. Ninja Anywhere gym that you have run? Yeah, so I originally went to a ninja gym around here with a couple of buddies and I could not believe the amount of physical demand that that placed on me. My freaking hands were shot, my forearms were pumped, oh, and this bad. was a, within minutes of getting there. You know, I'm just a little kid too, so when I jumped up, I'm like, yeah, just excited <laughs> about it. And then I got home the next day and I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, my arms, everything was so sore. And I had trained a lot and I've never had a sensation like that. Um, and definitely working with the very high level wrestlers uh, and a lot of athletes in general. I mean, you need shoulder stability, you need grip strength, you need the upper dynamic explosive power um, that we just weren't seeing with a lot of our training that we were doing in a typical setting. So I went and built a bunch of ninja stuff and put it in the gym and kind of created this indoor brick and mortar ninja CrossFit gym feel um, that we use for a lot of our fitness and physical therapy clients. and. Then I kind of really started getting passionate about the bigger impact of education. And this is one of those things, we could do another whole podcast on this alone. Um, If the number one issue in healthcare right now is pain, but yet we don't learn about it anywhere in in the school model right and the curriculum's too tight but they want to teach you about uh you know your and just to put it in in layman's terms your penis and your vagina and say hey wear this and do that and don't touch this you know like that's great but our number one problem is not uh sex sexual transmittable diseases you know like that is a very low thing on our our large global scale of healthcare um complications and it's spending us billions of dollars in the healthcare model. So I wanted to kind of think about how does that how does that make sense? 
all these kids are going to school, but yet every year when they graduate, they're going out into the world that is filled with scary healthcare thought viruses and a, a system that has no structure of who to see, when to see them, or how to do it. Um, so I wanted to get into the schools, and everyone kept telling me, I went to probably 30 different principals and school organizations, and I said, I, you know, just give me 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes with your athletes. Give me 30 minutes with the kids. Like, let me teach them a little bit about pain. Um, and just understanding that if pain doesn't go away within four to six days, like just go see somebody, get help, you know, talk to the movement specialist. Um, those basic concepts just were not getting getting educated in the system. So I said, let me come in. And they said, no, no, you can't, you can't. We don't have time, the curriculum's too tight. And I kept running into these same barriers. So then I thought about the rush of Ninja and how big of a hype it is. And I saw a, a game truck going to a school where they sit in a truck and play video games for a school field trip. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so then I had if that. that doesn't scream America. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, America 101. Um, but then I had the idea of, of putting a ninja gym on a trailer. And of course, everyone said, you can't do that. You know, that's crazy. There's no way. It's not out there. And I uh, called Steve Young. And I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? He's like, absolutely. You know, have you thought about this? And I'm like, God, why are you the only person that literally supports my ideas when I have them? And then uh, I saw a trailer on an auction and I learned how to weld and I started putting metal to the trailer and it started holding so I thought it was at least good. <laughs> and uh, then it, it really started to evolve and I, I started having this bigger vision of going to large, large community events and large school events. And now really what I look at from every business model that I take is instead of me bringing a thousand people through my one door, how do I go through one door to get a thousand people? You know, and just that vision alone will open up a whole world of adventure for anybody that's out there in an entrepreneur type setting or wanting to create a little bit more of an impact. And there's tons of people out there that love the hype of it. You know, we go straight through a school door and I've got 12,000 or 1,200 kids in a day or two days of a school event, right? And now on the backside, the only thing that we do is implement a model that says, hey kids, Tomorrow your muscles are going to be sore. The difference between soreness and pain, if the soreness doesn't go away within four to six days, make sure you call somebody, get some help. Who do you go see? Um, then we just educate them a little bit mm -hmm. about that. We educate them about how they should eat that night or how they should eat that day during lunch. So now they run into the lunchroom and they're like, hey, we need protein. Like they're <laughs> jacked up on it because they know their muscles need the protein to recover. You know, like small little key concepts. Um, that they then bring home to their parents. And now I've got parents calling me and saying, hey, Johnny said my pain should have went away in four to six days, but it's been six months now. Like, what do I do or who do I see? And I'm getting this all the time now from all these people just because we educate a little bit at school setting. And then we send out uh, a video the next day saying, hey, here's the difference between Johnny's sore muscles and Johnny's pain, right? If Johnny has pain, here's what to do. And we've got a lot of interest rate going forward with that too, just watching the videos and getting engaged with the content content that we're posting um, so we know the traction's there and now it's just how do we get into every organization right and we're working on really growing that and developing it into a fun and an explorative way for people to move and a, a fun avenue for them to do that and be healthier with it so that's that's kind of where ninja anywhere evolved is through that concept of wanting to get in and educate people and really make an impact at the at the local level but yeah I like it what else you got? Um, I think we were talking about it a little bit before we can keep it general or specific as we want, but you mentioned thought viruses and I know we were talking about before, but I guess like maybe if you could talk about your 
struggle with dealing with like either parents or kids that under the you know, have been taught one way and just kind of like you said empowering them to you know take care of themselves and that they might not need you know in certain examples like where they might need think they need surgery don't um well, like you're you know no pain no gain like if someone's more uh, if someone's good more is obviously better type of a deal i'm sure you've railed had to deal with that yeah i'd be curious about that on the wrestling standpoint too because you guys are, tend to be a little notorious for that <laughs> yeah you know i uh, one of the biggest things you start to run into definitely in this in this setting environment is there's a lot of turf issues man and there's a lot of people that practice in their silos and are very close-minded to other people's practice um, and for me I, I literally pose it to just about anybody that goes through surgery or that's having this medical journey I don't want them to come to me unless they're ready right and when they're ready uh, I have some very specific rules one of those is never be late um, and I, I truly believe that because it is a simple concept that very few people push off and if they're late it shows me that they're not dedicated to what I'm having to bring to the table. Um, and the time that I have to spend with them, every minute could count and it could be changing their life. You know, And if they think that it's a joke and that uh, it's five minutes, it's no big deal, it's traffic, it's this, I don't, I don't like it, I don't buy it. Um, so I really set that rule forward from the get-go and I, I require that they come in with an open mind you know and a lot of them by that point that they're willing to pay out of pocket and make that investment in the care that we deliver um, it's not cheap so they come in that door knowing that they're getting something different immediately um, and then really what it comes down to is those six seven different domains that we really cover in depth that's totally different you know everyone's talked to them about their elbow pain they tried the medications they went through the x-rays the CT scans the MRIs and there's nothing out there and they've been scared to death by all this information and then they just want to know why what's going on what's going on there's nothing going on but I'm still having pain um, and everyone told them somewhere along the line you know rest you know just rest up for the next two to four weeks well if two to four weeks pass nothing happened hey try these meds well nothing happened uh, you can't do that you know don't do that anymore I've had 45 year old women come in one in particular that's a 45 year old mother of seven children and she uh, was in a turtle brace for her back and said you know don't ever move again your your spine is so fragile that it's gonna break so she was going to be in this back brace the rest of her life and she couldn't raise her shoulders up over her head and she couldn't bend forward to touch her toes. She was disabled getting out of bed. She had to roll to her side, pull her legs over the edge and then sit up. And I was, I was heartbroken that somebody at 45 years old with seven children had to live this the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And she truly believed it. And it takes so long to undo what we call those thought viruses of all these medical professionals Again, I don't step on toes. I let people do the way that they practice, but when the time comes and they're looking for something different, people find me because of that. Um, and we address everything, and it's the fears, and it takes months on end uh, to really go through this. And that lady in particular, we, within three weeks, were no back brace. You know, we were doing full sit-ups. We were doing overhead lunging variations where she's holding weight up overhead, and she's smiling and laughing and having a great time. And unfortunately, a lot of these people also have the financial resources where they can invest in their healthcare wherever they want to. So she ended up going through this experimental procedure where they started a IV drip to help bring in some nutrients that would help with some of the bone density issues she was mm. having. Um, and she went there right after one of our exercise sessions and she left there feeling phenomenal that day, went and got the IV drip going. And then later that night, she was so disabled, she couldn't get out of bed. 
and she went back to the healthcare uh, setting in the hospital and they said that whatever it was that we did during that workout disabled her. Um, and she truly believed it, right? And within you know a month and a half of working with me, within an hour of somebody telling her that, she truly believed it. And she came back to me crying, saying, we can't work out anymore, we can't do this. And really it was uh, that moment in my career where I, I decided to take a change and to really get very passionate about this because uh, she was so negative about everything that we've just accomplished over the last month but yet for the last five ten years of her life everyone told her she can't and I was empowering her to do everything in her power to actually do and just move and she she was doing it and she was loving it and she was feeling great and within minutes she was able to be convinced that it was our workout but yet for the last three weeks we've been progressively doing everything to build her up to that point so I said when's the last time you were that sore after we did squats no, I wasn't. When's the last time we uh, did overhead presses and you were that sore? I haven't been. You know, I've always felt better. Okay, so you truly believe that right. it was our exercise that created this, this experience for you. Well, it doesn't make sense, but that's what they told me. I'm like, man, you have to be kidding me, right? Like these thought viruses are so strong and the, the power that every healthcare professional has, whether they use it appropriately or not, is going to taint or affect the way somebody is going to live their life. Um, and that's where I, I truly changed my mindset to you can, and you can do anything. You can move, you can get back to playing golf. Um, Another example that's very personal for me is just my, my dad, right? My old man, he had shoulder surgery, rotator cuff injury, had uh, surgery on it, and he was told he can't bench again, he can't lift, and then he saw me getting into ninja stuff, and he's like, man, I want to do that. So let's do it then. Like, you can do it. And every doctor he talked to said, you can't do that. There's no way. I mean, you're hanging all your body weight, 225-pound guy on a surgically repaired shoulder, a rotator cuff injury. There's no way your muscle's going to tear. And now one of the funnest parts is watching him approach, you know, 60 years old and he's out there with all these kids just living it up, you know, you can see it on our website and stuff too and they look up to my old man and say like, how is this old guy doing it, you know, like they, they have a hard time holding on but it shows them that movement is definitely a process and a lifestyle and he's, he's really lived it but the thought viruses are powerful. Um, and we, we definitely try to implement that definitely with our, our youth programs as well, educating these kids about they have the power to start making these decisions. Um, and a lot of kids will leave here and go to very established college programs. I know both of you guys are very, very familiar with it. Um, Eric has a little bit of insight about the kind of training we do here, but when most people go to a college program, they start asking their strength coaches, like, why are we not doing more single leg stuff? Like, why are we not in this position? Why are we not holding the weights overhead? Why are we not doing this? And it's kind of fun that the collegiate coaches end up getting kind of frustrated with them, right? Because they're asking and they're seeking the next level education. When uh, the college coaches don't have the answers or they don't understand why they're asking them, people start getting interested and they start calling me very frustrated saying, hey, you're teaching these kids wrong, you're doing this. And, and I look at it as the more traction I get in the, the wrong direction for most people, I'm probably doing something right. Right. You know, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of a fun model, but... All of them go home and they talk to about their parents and their parents are very grateful for it. We get messages. You know, the next level of what we implement here is kind of a word of the week and a, a bigger life task. Uh, so when we're even talking about gratitude and being grateful for the daily things and the small things that really allow them to do what they, what they love to do in the sports world, um, and even looking at that from an education standpoint, they get challenged to go to the school principal and say, you know, I'm very grateful for what you do and the janitors and all these people in their life that they just uh, usually don't 
don't see as implemental to their successes. And I get calls from principals and the teachers saying, hey, like whatever you're doing, like Johnny was all over it and he said that his strength coach wanted to, you know, uh, say thank you to them. And it's it's really a bigger lifestyle and a mission that we are on here. It's not just fitness, it's not just performance, it's it's life through a sports avenue, you know, and that's it's kind of fun to play with and envision and dream up a little bit. But definitely. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, the, the the idea about just how powerful thought viruses are is like really something I've like just started to take more or like focus on more like especially going on to my fourth year of med school here and talking with patients more and just realizing how much words how, like you can give the same treatment or like how you phrase something you can like even not doing anything to the patient you can impact them one way or the other you know if you you push them down a bad road where they're he said not empowered anymore where they feel like they're you know they're no longer a person they're this there's a symptom I'm, I'm a low back pain you know I'm I can't do anything because of this um, or you can push them where yeah no I can I can do this it, this doesn't define me who I am and yeah. how they move around and they, they can still find ways to do what they want in life which is pretty cool absolutely one of the just building off that point a little bit one of the biggest things that uh, I've really found successful is trying to get away from that diagnostic label, you know, and, and I get it in the healthcare field with insurance companies, like we need a diagnosis, um, but that has really uh, been detrimental to a lot of the clients that I see because they're seeking a diagnosis and they want to know exactly what's wrong. Um, but when they come in here, I say, uh, if you have degenerative disc disease, what can you do about it? And they're dumbfounded, they have no idea. If I say you have weakness in your core, uh, you have limited mobility in your low back, and you also need to work on some balance. What do you do about that? Well, I know I need to strengthen my core, I know I need to uh, stretch out my back, and I know I need to work on my balance. Okay, you've got control, right? Oh, all of those are signs or symptoms that are related to this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, but the diagnosis is useless, right? It's uh, the action steps, the empowerment piece that really allows all of our clients to get that next level because now they have control. You know, mm -hmm. it's actionable things that they can leave here that they know they need to address and it's not a label that frightens them. It's not something that says, oh yeah, my spine is degenerating and then this guy said to move. That doesn't make sense. The more I move, the more it's gonna degenerate, right? Like it's just a common logical thought process because mm -hmm. we just aren't educated on it. Um, so that is definitely something that we've really implemented hard here is finding those uh, imbalances, those deficits, and those things that we can address through movement or through exercise or through a therapeutic modality so that we can empower the people to really take control of that and not just leave here saying, hey, it's a rotator cuff tear. Okay, cool. What, what do I do next? You know, and that's one thing I always see in the medical profession is you know, it's very easy for us as healthcare providers to speak a, a language that we know that is fearful of others, but to us it's just a medical diagnosis, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it's, it's something that we really take pride in. And it's fun to hear other amazing young uh, talent coming up as well that's starting to envision that a little bit more, so. That's very cool, you have such a small, like, it's just crazy, like, just like that yep. small change and how you, how you word that. Something you don't even, something, I wouldn't even think of phrasing, it's something like that, you know, where, if I was talking to a patient, yeah, it'd be easy for me to say this is what I think it is here, and I could still say like I think this is what you need to do. But like you said, in the patient's head, it probably doesn't make nearly as much sense if you're telling them, "Hey, you got like you said, bad back. You better move it more." Yeah. Versus like, "Hey, you have 
weak core, weak, you know, this is wrong, stuff that you know you can do. Like, that's really cool. Give them all those first three things and say, oh, by the way, and we're calling it this. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Just throw that thing on right at the end and, you know, give them the whole thing. But (laughs) just so you know, we're calling it this. All right, let's get started. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thing? Anything else you want to talk about specifically? We usually finish up all the episodes with the same five questions, but if you got something else you want to cover, we don't want to cut you short. No, I think the the biggest thing you know for anybody that is interested or passionate about you know helping more people and really thinking that larger impact model, take the chance. You know, you can always fall back on a different avenue of your profession or your dreams. But um, one of the books that I, I know. I think you guys are going to ask about a book. Book recommendations. Yeah. Let's, yeah. We'll just so, jump right into it. Let's uh, go. There's a, a, a quote that I really like from a book, um, and it goes, if you aren't chasing your dreams, you're helping somebody else chase theirs. Yeah. You know, And that's one of those things that I always take personal, and I hear all kinds of excuses, you know, financial, i got a family, i got to pay the bills, you know, I get it. Um, but if you're unhappy with your route, you know, it's just not the same. You wake up with, like, the other 87% of the population, and you just don't love what you do. Um, and once you love it, everyone else that you attract around you is just wildfire, and it's such a fun environment. And, you know, I might not make the millions that I that I could in a different avenue or working with a different company, but I sure love what I do, and the people that I'm around really make the impact in my life, and, you know, it, it makes me happy. So if you're on the edge with it, you know, take the risk. You can always fall back. You can always do another side job to get you through with the financial part, but really chase your dreams and think about the bigger impact, and life will take you good places. So... Well, the first question is, what is something you believe that others might not? And I kind of feel like you might have just answered that, (laughs) (laughs) if if not not speaking for you, but... Yeah, definitely. I would say the biggest thing that I truly believe is that everyone can do whatever they put their mind to. Um, And a lot of people call me crazy, a lot of people call me weird, you know, some of the stuff that I try to accomplish physically, mentally, emotionally with my body and the the way I want to chase my dreams. Um, I get it all, but I believe it can be done uh, if you if you have that mindset to accomplish it. I like it. Most influential fitness purchase for under a hundred bucks. Under a hundred bucks, I'd say a pair of rings. Uh, some okay. I, I buy Rogue rings. You know, I really love their products, but I take those things with me everywhere. Um, I've got some little clips. So I just went over to Bali, Indonesia, for a little uh, business vacation combo. Um, but I was traveling with a pair of wood dowels and a little clip so I could hook it onto the rings as well. And I got stopped in the airport and they said, what are these? And the first time I ever traveled with them, I said nunchucks. And obviously that's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I confiscated them. So then this time in Bali, I said they're, they're uh, wooden chucks that I train with. And then he's like, oh, okay. So then I said, you want me to show you what I do with them? And he's like, yeah. So then I set up the rings up on the security scanner, and I'm hanging from the nunchucks. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, he's having a conversation <laughs> that's about That's hilarious. Um, but definitely that combo. I travel with them everywhere. I love them, and I can just about drop any big, big, strong, muscular guy with a set of rings. So That's funny. Uh, the book recommendations. I lo- love the quote. Yeah. From what the, book? Uh, that was from Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Uh, Ooh, that, like that book is phenomenal for anybody that's kind of thinking next level i mean it really talks about just owning your obsessions and feeling yourself to really chase your dreams and uh 
if you, if you can, I would recommend the audiobook. I mean, this guy is one of the most passionate, influential business guys out there, very successful on many different levels of life and business, and he just blows your mind with some of the concepts that he talks about with obsession. And uh, he was very big into drugs and his story about how he's obsessed with drugs and how everyone thought he was crazy and all of a sudden he's flipped it to business and he got obsessed with business and he left the drugs and he showed everybody that thought he was going nowhere in life to how successful he is Damn. now. You know, so it's, it's a really cool uh, influential book about that. The only other one I'd recommend is Evolved Enterprise and that is one of those where I I started reading it before a plane and I landed and I sat back down in the airport before I went to the uh, baggage claim and I just kept reading because I was so into it. Um, but it's talking about using your business and your visions to create a larger impact and it talks about some of the most successful, impactful businesses in the world and kind of their thought process behind it. So it really gets your brain thinking about how do I take a simple business concept and create a large impact at a community level, at a global level, and at a at a world level. So it's it's pretty cool. Got a lot of books to read now. Perfect. <laughs> um, Audio books. Yeah. Much easier. I, I, if I've got one vice, it's like collecting like actual books. books. Like I when we moved into our new house last summer, I was fortunate enough to claim an entire room as my home office, nice. so I can literally just have them everywhere. And it's a good sized room, so I try and do podcasts in front of the car. There you go. Just tangibly hold the book. Yeah. I'm a huge note taker, too, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, in your area of expertise, how would you make what you do that is complicated simple? I feel like you've also addressed this, but we'll. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for me is just simplifying terminology and simplifying uh, the complicated healthcare situations into tangible, relatable, and approachable steps. Um, that is everything for me in life. You know, I, I don't even like the medical side of terminology stuff, and I go to all these different uh, seminars, and everyone's talking nerdy about stuff, and I'm like, oh, dude, like, you're way outside my league. Um, what does that mean? You know, I bring it back to what does it look like to build a house? You know, we know we need lumber, we know we need a strong foundation, or hey, every car needs an oil change. Mm -hmm. You know, what does that look like in your daily life? Some very simple concepts that everybody can relate to. Uh, that's definitely something that I that I try to implement. Like it. Uh, last one is what information would you tell yourself about either your training or your education? Um, if you could go back five, ten years, you know, if you could set the set the scene for us on what that would look like. Yeah, I think if I could go back uh, ten years, I would definitely start to focus a lot more on a very comprehensive overview of everything, you know, and not get too specific with uh, just nutrition or just psychology or just exercise, you know, and really understand how everything is related together. Um, and the other part uh, that I'd really want a better grasp on is trying to get the haters and naysayers out, right? Like there's always voices and there's always people telling you you can't do stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of those people are some of the closest people to you. You know, your family members, your aunts, your relatives, your uncles, you know, your grandparents. Hey, that's crazy. You know, no one else is doing that. Don't do that. You can't do that. You don't have the money to do that. Your professors that are supposed to be helping set your future. Oh, yeah. your, your clinical instructors that are saying you can't practice like that, you know. Uh, there's ways that you can start to find to, you know, minimize those naysayers and what I call haters that start taking out everything you got, you know. And if I learned how to deal with that earlier in life, I would have been a couple of years more ahead with a lot of the approaches I wanted to do just because I had to overcome those and I had to, 
you know, find people that actually did support those dreams. Uh, and there's there's a lot of people out there. So I would definitely bring that back to 10 years ago and kind of overcome some of those. Awesome. Yeah. Last part is if people want to follow you and see what you're up to. Sounds like there's some videos that people need to check out. Yeah. Myself get, included. Yeah, we got <laughs> some crazy stuff. Um, Facebook, Body Rejuvenation, Ninja Anywhere. Uh, that's the two companies that we've talked about a little bit here. Instagram, uh, Your Body Rejuvenators is our Body Rejuvenation one, and then Ninja Anywhere is again the mobile ninja company. Obviously, the websites you can check us out on Body Rejuve, R E J U V dot com, or NinjaAnywhere.com. Both of those again are websites for the companies that we've been talking about. So awesome. Um, you know, if there's any other inquiries, people can follow up with you guys on the podcast. We can get emails out to them, whatever that looks like. I'm always open book. Uh, I love sharing what I do and I'm very passionate about it. So anytime I can connect with other people, you know, reach out, let's have a conversation, let's let's move forward. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks thank for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to come on and talk and uh, keep spreading smiles and impacting the world. There you go. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that we covered in this episode. While you're there, you'll have full access to all our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube or any podcast outlet that you use. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or a review on how we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it and heard it helps out quite a bit. To get more free content delivered straight to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy newsletter at totalathletictherapy.com or clinicallypressed.com. You'll get direct links to all the new Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening, and see you next episode.